When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Ken Apsuck, and this is Daily Thrones, a quick look at the world of ice and fire. We are very close to learning about the spoils of war. I definitely think those spoils, in part, are going to be gold from Highgarden, and the Iron Bank is going to get its money. Will the Iron Bank stay with Cersei? Do they go to a safer bet? I think Tycho was convinced. Cersei did a good job. We'll see what happens there. I do believe this episode might be our first death. I had predicted before the season that Yara Greyjoy would be our first character of note, but to die. But I don't know. Did Ilaria and Tyene die? Did we see that? Meaning, I know they're not dead yet, but unless they're rescued, are we never going to see them again? Was that their end? Could it be like, uh, say, the end of season two where Zaro Zohan Doxus? I love saying that name, failing to say that name, I should say. And Dorea were locked in Zaro's empty vault. Well, that was a death. We know they're dead now. At least we got to assume. We didn't see it. Did that happen to Lari and Tyene? Is that their exit? Are they the first characters of note to die? That's a debate. I still think Yara might be one of the first to go on screen. But hey, maybe Cersei has a change of heart and brings Ilaria front and center and kills her that way. I don't know. What do you guys think? We're also going to be talking today about a brand theory that I didn't get to yesterday, but I think we should get to that. That is coming up in a bit. It's based on one of your calls. That's what we do here on Daily Thrones. If you cannot tell, I'm finding a great rhythm talking directly to you guys, and you guys talk back to me by calling into the station. You you can go on Twitter, follow me at CatNapsock, use the hashtag Daily Thrones. That will work as well. Well, there's comments on here, too. I'll be responding more to those. Don't forget, you have so many places to listen to Daily Thrones. It could be a daily podcast if you want. You can also go to Google Home. There's a lot of options, of course, right here on the app. Favorite the station so you don't miss it. Business out of the way. Let's talk about our first possible death. Could it be in Episode 4? Will we get that? And do Alaria and Tyene count as gone? Let me know. It's Daily Thrones. Yeah, at first I thought Ilaria and Tyene would be like over. They're not going to be shown anymore. We assume just, uh, well, Tyene is going to die and Ilaria is going to be there just suffering. But then I, I thought it would be interesting if if Danny or or their group uh, conquers actually King's Landing uh, and they actually save Ilaria and then the Sand Snakes live again or, or just Alaria and then she marries someone and the family continues through her I don't know I, it would be interesting to see uh, Danny and John and Tyrion save Alaria and, and what would she do after <laughs> Santiago with a call into the station back in the idea that I have that maybe maybe the sands could be rescued maybe Daenerys takes over goes down and 
Well, nope, turns out it doesn't matter. Update from when I posted that earlier today. I was tipped off to a story that I think came out yesterday. I had not seen it, but Eric Monroe on Twitter sent it to me using the hashtag Daily Thrones. And Dura Varma, the actress who portrays Ilaria Sand, said, and this is a spoiler alert, she's not coming back. That's right. She says that is the end of her character. That's what we'll. Uh, that's what we get. That's what we'll see. She had asked the producers. She knew her death was probably coming. She asked producers to have that death happen on screen, and well, it kind of did. Uh, but sad news. Sad news because it's not just um, two characters heading off into the Game of Thrones sunset. It is a storyline, the Dorn storyline. I love this show. I love what HBO's done with it. But I will always have a tinge of regret for the way the Dorne storyline went down and how it was executed as compared to the books. It's much more fascinating in the books with much more interesting and intriguing characters and subplots and moments. And we just didn't get to it. A lot of things don't translate from book to screen. A lot of things don't make their way from book to screen. And I'm okay with that. Again, this is still my all-time favorite show with apologies to Gilligan's Island. But Dorne, it never quite hit. And that seems like all she wrote. Hilaria Sand... Tying sand, we'll see you in the great beyond. Hey, I just wanted to mention that that call in by three cocktail questions, that's actually a really good point. Because if we remember in the second episode, that conversation between Danny and Varys, where she's asking him, how do I know that you're going to be loyal to me? That is that a clue for something down the road? Is this, does this have anything to do with the misinformation that Tyrion's not having? Uh, that's actually, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Two callers agreeing here on Daily Thrones. That's what we love. Kevin over three t- cocktail questions talking about all eyes maybe needing to be on Varys. And maybe some of Tyrion's failings have to do with Varys. Is he withholding one f- with information or is he just failing his- at his job as the master of whispers now for Daenerys Targaryen? He's the spider. He's supposed to know things. He's not following troop movements. He has uh, very little information either at his disposal or he's not giving it up. Especially when you compare it to what he used to know, what he used to have. He used to be in King's Landing and know the inner workings of what's going on in Essos. I like Varys. I think he is loyal to Danny still. I don't think he is the traitor or a traitor. We don't know if Danny does have a traitor. It would seem so. Um, but I, I think, I, I think uh, this idea of all eyes being on Varys is something to watch. We know he can't be trusted, but we've always thought he's had somewhat of a good heart, at least I took it. Yes, he is loyal to the realm, but I believed him when he said he was loyal to Danny. But maybe that's why I wouldn't be a good lord or ruler in Westeros. More on Varys and the potential of him changing sides or being bad or just being the spider. I'm here with Mark Riley of Collider Video and the movie Trivia Schmodown and a lot of other things. Mark... Uh, you were hearing me broadcast about Varys, and you, you say you trust him. I do trust him. Um, you know, he is somebody that uh, he said he does it for the people. And, uh, mm. uh, you know, something about his speech seemed very 
uh, sincere. I believed him. I did believe him. Call it a good actor, maybe an actor in the actual story. You mean Varys, who is a good actor, and Conleth Hill, who is a great actor, yeah. Exactly, all of the above, check those boxes. But I, uh, again, uh, it's always the little quiet scenes, and and that scene uh, pulled back a lot about his character, and I thought, again, very sincere what he said to Daenerys. And Daenerys took it, she considered it, and then she said, okay, but I will cut you. Right. If you betray me, right. I wouldn't f with Daenerys. She's got dragons. That's the thing. Is Var- if Varys is being motivated by fear of being burned by a dragon or eaten in- by a dragon or all of the above by a dragon, I I could see him lying right now. He's he's not going to be like, oh, that's right, I'm betraying you. But yeah, I'm like I'm with you. I believe there's some sincerity, and that's part of Varys's journey as a character. I think so. And let me tell you something. If you came to me and said, we're going to take over the world and I have these three dragons, mm-hmm. I'm joining you right away. And uh, and, and I'm going to play my cards correctly to be on the winning side. That's right. just my two cents. Uh, your two cents is worth a lot. I agree with it, but we'll see. What do you guys think? Is Varys going to turn on Danny, or has he already? Or is he just to blame for doing a bad job? Hey there. Um, so some... Something very interesting, at least what I think is interesting, I actually don't think that Euron will even hear about the White Walkers. I honestly don't think that he'll be around long enough for him to find out. Um, This also ties back to the whole Tyrion failing thing. I think uh, in the next episode, um, or at least the fifth episode, um, he will kind of like realize that and come up with... Uh, some new master plan that nobody kind of sees coming uh, and he just pretty much wipes out Euron before Euron even, Euron even gets the chance to hear about the White Walkers. Uh, so yeah, that was it. Greetings from Belgium. I'll talk to you soon. Hey Ken, Kevin Ross. Yeah, back in the 80s, both you and I can remember a president, his name was Ronald Reagan, who had a little saying that he used to go by, which was, trust your friends but verify. And I'm afraid that's where we find ourselves with Varys. I believe Varys' motives are pure for the people. But remember, he had this little conversation with Melisandre, and once common people get a little taste of power, it's like the lion tasting meat for the first time. Uh, you've got to trust Varys' information or his ability that he's not providing any, and you've got to verify why Varys is either holding back or why uh, Varys is not providing accurate information. You know, this is war. Things can happen. may not be Varys's fault, but we have to trust and verify Varys. Thanks. Hey, Ken. So there's a very interesting theory I wanted to um, talk to you about after credit Screen Junkies news of this because they brought it to my attention. Um, there's a theory going around... If Bran is actually the three-eyed raven, period, meaning the old man that we saw in the season four finale and the part was later recast, of course, in season six, that that is actually Bran. Do you think that's possible that, you know, he's basically just talking to his younger self and the whole time it's just the same character? Kind of fascinating. I'm not I, I guess I maybe could believe that. 
All right, Eric's got this theory that other people have been starting to float around. It's it's getting uh, it's getting some picking up some steam that that we we believe Bran Bran Stark and a lot of us believe for a while that he is more than even he knows. He is the three eyed Raven, three eyed crow in the books, and as it seems, as it would appear on the show, just on the surface, he took over that job. He took it over from the previous Three-Eyed Raven. Max von Sydow came in and played that role in Season 6, a different actor in the end of Season 4. But the the thought going around is that, well, maybe that was Bran. Maybe that was old Bran. Maybe Bran is also Brandon the Builder. Maybe Bran is in the trees at any point in history. Maybe Bran, who's sliding through many planes of existence at once right now, which is part of the reason he's so stoic when speaking to Sansa and about important matters. Um, maybe Bran is just all of it. Well, I don't know. I don't know about this idea. I can't really... I can't necessarily get behind it. It's one of the things that I don't want to take those big leaps in Game of Thrones. Like time travel. If Bran is at the beginning of it all, it's tough for me to get behind. Now, I like how it played out with Hodor. It was it was, it was tragic. It was dark. It was sad. It was all those things. And, and I bought into that. So maybe I, maybe I could get behind some of these series. But I believe the Three-Eyed Raven is who we've all studied up on him to be. Brynden Rivers, the Blood Raven. A, a, a Targaryen... A bastard uh, who went to the wall, uh, became Lord Commander, goes north, disappears, and becomes the Three-Eyed Raven. That's who I want the Three-Eyed Raven to be. So if it turns out it's not, I'd be slightly disappointed, I'll be honest. Now, I wonder if there's going to be a difference in the show to book. I could see in the book Bran being Bran and being something totally different. But on the show... When things are cut, things are moved past, maybe Bran, it'd just be easier to say, that's Bran too. Who's Brendan Rivers? Don't worry about it. The Blood Raven does not exist. That, that is Bran. I don't know. It could be one of the only times that, uh, along with like the Dorn storyline, that I would dis- disagree with the show. I don't know. Am I off base? I want you guys to let me know. What do you what do you think Bran is? Who do you think Bran is? What's your theories? And... If Bran is truly all these people, or he is factored in all through the time, if it's him whispering through uh, through time into the Mad King's ears, burn them all, if it's him, if it's him building the wall, if it's all these things, is it too much? Is it just right? Is it what we're bargaining for and what we're paying for when you buy this ticket into this fantasy sci-fi world, A Song of Ice and Fire? Or should Bran just be Bran and Brendan Rivers just be the Blood Raven? You guys let me know here on Daily Thrones. Hey, Ken. I just wanted to call in and give you a big thank you for doing Daily Thrones here on Anchor. Um, I've been home for about a year, suffering from a traumatic brain injury. And this station has given me the feeling that I'm still engaged, that I can talk to other people who care about this show and the, the content as much as I do and call in to you and have you talk about something that I said, you know, it, uh, yeah, it means, it just means an absolute ton to me. So, uh, to all the people that I've interacted with on here who, you know, share ideas, argue against them. It's, it's all fun. So thank you all so much. And Ken, uh, I can't thank you enough, man. Uh, between this and everything else that I watch you on, you're, uh, you're a light in a dark place for me. So thanks. Have a great day. 
What a way to close out the day with a heartfelt message from Thomas, who's been killing it with some great calls here in the Daily Thrones. And I appreciate the words, Thomas, and wish you well as you continue to recover from what has plagued you over the last couple of years. But hey, look at look at the characters of Game of Thrones. We all can overcome anything, and I'm glad you're part of this community. And the reason I felt I wanted to play that call... You know, I do a lot of talking, guys. I do a lot of talking here on Daily Thrones. Do a lot of talking on Collider's Thrones Talk, Collider Movie Talk, Schmoes No, Force Center for this podcast podcast feed. And a lot of you might not know me from those things. You might have just found me through Anchor. And uh, this is your first exposure to me. What I love doing here on Anchor and on Daily Thrones more than any other programs I do right now is being able to directly talk to you guys. Your calls, your ideas, and your theories, and your questions... And your polite, wonderful discourse debates about the Game of Thrones characters and stories and plots and theories. This is what fuels Daily Thrones and why I love uh, doing it here on Anchor. I love that it's now in podcast form. You can get it here on the app, what I'm recording on the phone. You can go get it on uh, Google Play. Apple Podcasts is now available on Google Home, and it's available in a podcast form, which is a which has brought even more joy to me. And why your guys' calls are even that much more important, because I now can have a fun time structuring shows and putting them together, and creating even more of a sense of community between us, the Game of Thrones fans. You guys make this show, so thank you, Thomas, and thank you all of you. Some great calls today. We'll see you tomorrow for more here on Daily Thrones.